Blog Talk Radio. Can't stop, won't stop, baby. It's another edition. RIC and Joe NFL Draft Show, the 2019 NFL Combine Recap Show. You're tuned in, everybody. RIC and a place to be. Rick Saratella telling it like it is when it comes to the NFL Draft since 2002. It's what we do. Thank you so much for being here. The dust has settled. The chips have fallen. The pro day circuit is amongst us, but we're going to talk about the week of Indianapolis. We're not talking about that shrimp cocktail now. We're talking about the prospects, the risers, the sliders, woo, the under-the-radar gliders. And, man, I can't wait to break it all down with my co-host, Joe Everett. Never, ever, ever leaving a stone unturned, banging you and bopping you. Over the head with the names you need to know, and we'll have Joe join us in just a second. But let me just tell everybody right now, you can go and get the 2019 NFL Draft Bible. It's back, baby, better than ever. We've, uh, you know, are crossing the T's, dotting the I's, inputting all the combine data. But you can go and pre-order your copy now. Go to NFLDraftScout.com. We've partnered up with the good folks at NFLDraftScout.com up in the menu bar. There's still time to pre-order that bad boy, and you can save 10%, okay? I will promise you, I think we're over 250,000 words. We'll have 1,000 player ranks, player rankings, uh, over 400 scouting reports. I think there's going to be over 100 interviews transcribed in there with, you know, exclusive one-on-ones with players and coaches. And, uh, and as a matter of fact, we're broadcasting – from Atlantic City, we just got done with the Maxwell Club Awards. Josh Allen from Kentucky in attendance here to accept his Benaric Award. I'm going to have an item on the NFLDraftScout.com. I got a chance to speak to Ron Jaworski. I asked him about Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, Daniel Jones. You're going to want to have to hear what Jaws has to say about these QB prospects. That's going to be up on the NFLDraftScout.com. Definitely want to check that out. Ray Lewis in the building, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to put as much content as we can over there. Now, with that being said, it's time to dive in. I'm doing a big old belly flop into the pool today. Joe, a man who needs no introduction, welcome to the big show. Hey, good to be on. Jaws breaking down QBs. Sound like a good weekend. Oh, baby, what a great event. Shout out to Christian Dyer. Uh, for you know, bringing me on board and, and working the PR side for that wonderful event, and yeah, you know, um, I think his Kyler Murray remarks were very interesting, and we could probably do a whole show on what Jaws had to say. But Joe, today it's about the Combine recap show. The dust has settled, the chips have fallen. The NFL Regional Combine has taken place in Kansas City as we speak. Thirty-three attendees, a representative from each of the thirty-two NFL teams there. Some good talent. I'm going to post that on our Twitter handle, so follow us over there, at NFL Draft Bible. But, Joe, let's get this party started. Quarterbacks, everybody loves quarterbacks. And, you know, we just mentioned a couple of them. I I put my all-combine team up on the website at NFLDraftScout.com. You can check that out. We got the first team, second team, third team, honorable mention. And, Joe, you know, people saying, wait, what? You got Kyler Murray, first team all-combine winner. Yeah, he won. He won on the way in. He won by not participating, in my opinion, just because when you say Kyler Murray could go number one overall, Joe, I'm saying, well, hey, there's no way this guy slides out of the first round. He just guaranteed himself a big chunk of change. 
And even if he falls to the middle rounds to the Dolphins somewhere in, in the middle of the first round, all of a sudden they feel like they're getting a bargain. So I think Kyler Murray made out by doing nothing. I'll agree for me on the stance that just like addition almost by subtraction here. All you had to do was weigh in, measure, and just let the chips fall where they may. And what's really funny is all these interviews that supposedly went poorly. Well, that didn't matter either. As long as the Cardinals interview went fine, I think that's all we're really worried about here. So uh, no, no, I think uh, his stock pretty much solidified at uh, number one right now, and th- unless something goes haywire. I, I, I think uh, what he's done for himself is just exactly what he needed to do. And uh, I think uh, management-wise, uh, he's, he's, he's definitely got some smart people in his corner. I particularly love the agent's uh, retort against Charlie Casserly. I mean, this agent didn't just mm-hmm. throw up a reply. I mean, that was a measured response uh, to, took away from well, his not only that, Schuler drafting. Not only that, <laughs> hey, the, the godfather of the draft, Gil Brandt, is, is taking chunks out of Charlie Casserly. Um, you know, uh, who else? Somebody else came out and, and, and is smashing Charlie Casserly. And let's be honest, I mean, Charlie Casserly has been doing a terrible job for well over a decade on the NFL Network. Does anybody even take this clown seriously? <laughs> That's the whole thing. Like, he even cited that record that he had as the Texans GM. It's like, wait, you know, <laughs> you are the guy that basically ran the expansion franchise known as the Texans and ended uh, – <laughs> Carr's career, not not Derek, but uh, mm. I think that's, um, yeah, you really have to worry about Castle. The one thing I do have to say, though, it's not like a guy like that is just going to go out of his way to trash somebody. So clearly he got this from somebody he knows. So, it, you know, it, it's out there. And, and, you know, file it away for whatever you want to say. But I think the bottom line still remains. Like He did not bomb that Cardinals interview. Uh, Arizona seems to be very interested, and why else do they bring in Kingsbury anyways? This guy was a coordinator, has zero NFL head coaching experience. They're off on a wild one here, so let's just go full board and get the quarterback too, I think is what it just makes sense at this point. All right, let's talk about some of the other quarterbacks. You know, I had a chance to be in the Lucas Oil Stadium and watch these guys throw. It's it's funny, you know, uh, this time of year, all the beat writers and other, you know, media that hop on board in January, you know, now they start doing their draft analysis like they know what they're talking about. Uh, it's just hilarious to me that, you know, the, the various responses that I got from, you know, especially Dwayne Haskins, people thought he looked terrible. People thought he looked okay. People thought he looked awesome. I don't know. Personally, I thought he did what he had to do. I don't think he – you know, hurt or, or, or damaged or improved his draft stock one way or the other. I think, you know, if you're not the Arizona Cardinals, Dwayne Haskins is, is probably your QB number one, uh, just about around the league on every board. And then, you know, Daniel Jones and Drew Locke, I still think these guys are first round bound. Your thoughts? I think they are who we thought they were. Just the, the, the three guys you brought up, uh, Locke showed the arm strength and Daniel Jones. I just came in liking him. Uh, his best aspects, probably what we didn't get to see. I assume he went into those 15-minute interviews and and wowed some teams, you know, because from the neck up, that's where that kid wins. Uh, As far as stock up, though, I I think Tyree Jackson, 6'7", 249 pounds, running a 4.59 40-yard dash, just 
on face value alone, that that would help anybody's stock unless you're QB1, which he is not. Um, He has a pretty rare hand cannon, too. That senior bowl showing I thought was fair for him. It wasn't the greatest. You know, there's holes in his game, clearly. But uh, draft stock currently soaring, I think, from – I think he went from a day three pick uh, before this whole thing in Mobile to now, right now, I've got firm day two on him because at this point, you that's what you're going to have to invest uh, just to get him. I thought uh, Stidham, the Auburn quarterback, had a pretty good throwing session and in general a good combine. His test numbers were not what I expected, just a little bit above what I thought. And then, yeah, stock downs, Will Greer, it's just been a precipitous tumble Mm-mm-mm. down from the, yeah. the top. I mean, ever since the season, since he took that bowl game off, it has gone nothing. Uh, but downhill, and then uh, McSorley, uh, great, great forty time. But uh, when teams are starting to ask you to work out with the DBs, uh, I think that's a little bit of a bad uh, alarm. But yeah, the two stock ups for me is uh, Jarrett Stidham, and then that Tyree Jackson. Just those triangle numbers. Holy cow! I haven't seen uh, something like that in quite some time. Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, we sat down with our guy Justin Gamble uh, uh, in Indianapolis right after the combine, and I think we all agreed Tyree Jackson now our number uh, five quarterback on the board. Um, you know, you say day two, and, and, and honestly, Joe, I mean, I, I'm, I'm on board with that. Do you think any other quarterback is worth taking on day two after the big four? Is there really any other quarterback you think a team can pull the trigger on and just select on day two now? Well, I still have, I mean, the Murray, Haskins, you know, Locke, Jones, I think Stidham uh, finds his way in there, and Tyree Jackson, so it's it'd be, uh, I guess, six total for me, but, like, those are the guys, and from there, it, it's a cliff, uh, I mean, that it's fallen off from, uh, it, as far as value and, and what you have to spend, um, and I guess, you know, if there is still some supporter of Mr. Greer here, it, it is now you could get a value on this guy. I mean, just on this since bucks and dollars here, what are we talking about now? Maybe a seventh round pick. So even though it has been a fall, if there is a fan remaining of this kid's game, uh, they're probably jumping for joy right now. Well, he's going to pull the wool over somebody's eyes, just like Mike Glennon. And we just saw Mike Glennon get released. And, you know, um, I, real quickly here, because we got we got a bunch of other positions to recover, but, you know, people are always curious about that QB carousel, Joe. And, you know, we've seen now, you know, Case Keenan flipped to the um, uh, Redskins after the Broncos acquired Joe Flacco. Nick Foles, from what I'm hearing, by the way, $25 million a year uh, over to the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's unofficial, but that's just what I'm hearing. Mind-boggling, by the way, Joe. Does the trade or signing of these veteran free agents take any of these teams? And Ryan Tannehill, we, we still don't know what what's going to go there. But any any um, teams now out of the equation, do you think, by signing any of these veterans? Or do you still think the Broncos could take a Drew Locke? The uh, uh, Redskins could try to groom another quarterback. Your thoughts there? I think the Redskins are still on the table because Alex Smith, it's so unfortunate, spiral fracture. You're going to have to pay him, though. They owe him money. They're paying him no matter what. They bring in Case Keenum as a backup placeholder. So I I think they're still in the market. Uh, Yeah, nothing happened in Miami. Denver's still in the market. I think, yeah, Flacco, he's just uh, definitely uh, just stopgap 
type of QB. And uh, the Broncos, yeah, they're still in the market. Jacksonville's trivial. Uh, given potentially Nick Foles that money and having Blake Tannick uh, in the – I assume they would drop him. I don't know what they do with Blake Tastic there uh, illumined <laughs> in the background. But $25 million, I would assume they, they have Foles as the answer there. But I don't think it really – I mean, you still uh, – you have to look – you have to think like Andy Reid. Every year, if there's a quarterback worthy uh, of, of an investment, you, you take him where you feel it's right. And it's just – you don't even think. if it's And if it pans out, oops, we've got two good quarterbacks. So I think in Jacksonville, in that sense, has to think about it. But now they, they may just be fine with Foles, which is kind of funny. Hey, and Nick, we trust – all right, seeing a place to be. Rick Saratella, talent like it is, along with Joe Everett, never leaving a stone unturned, banging them and bopping them over the head with the names you need to know. Since 2002, it's what we do. Hey, go check out our draft guide. It's coming out soon, NFLDraftScout.com. In the menu bar, you can pre-order it, save 10%. Do it, do it, do it. We appreciate all the love and support. Support the NFL Draft Bible Familia. We, we appreciate you. We've been around doing this for a long time now. And, Joe, uh, shifting gears here to the running back, we're going to have to kind of – do an abbreviated version, but uh, you know our guy, our guy Justin, still on board with Josh Jacobs as the number one running back. Uh, it seems like his first round bound. I know you and I disagree. We 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 never received the memo that Jacobs was a better prospect than Damian Harris. I think we would both still take Harris over Jacobs. We're we're in the minority there. Uh, other thoughts on the running backs? I know Justice Hill had a good day. Miles Sanders made himself some money. Anybody else that really stood out to you? Uh, yeah, Hill and Sanders and, and Justice just across the board. Uh, Reichwell Armstead, I thought that those were great times, especially for his size mm-hmm. and some of those games we've seen. Uh, he backed that up. Stock down is my boy Elijah Holfield. Four seven eight just won't play. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't care if he improves that on the pro day to four seven one or four six nine. He's not a pass catcher. He's just a two down back and. I love his toughness and his agility and tangibles and all that, but when Alec Ingold's 10-yard split is better than yours, it's over. Uh, it's a wrap. Sorry, Holyfield. Um, Devin Singletary, mm. that was rough. Four six six at 203 pounds. Now, the Shady McCoy comparisons are all well and good, but he's only 35-inch mm. vert. Um He's just not that plus athlete. So, fortunately, though, McCoy wasn't some kind of workout warrior neither. So, there's still hope for Singletary. It's just, man, that 4.66, I hated seeing that. And then three guys, I'm going to have to go back to the woodshed, Rick. Uh, Travis Homer, I just didn't see that kind of athlete at Miami. I just I missed that. And then I'm going to have to watch more Kansas State because, holy cow, Alex Barnes, that big track right. and run, man, he's in – He's in like the 94th percentile of NFL athletes with those test results. So uh, I'm sorry, Bill Snyder and, and all of you people at Bill Snyder Family and Fun Center. Uh, we're going to have to watch some more Wildcat football. And then Mike Weber, you've been calling it the whole time, dude. Um, I just I didn't see that kind of athlete, but I'm going to have to get a little freshen up on my Mike Weber because uh, he definitely opened my eyes. Yeah, I mean, to me, Weber, I think, is like a top three running back, always has been, uh, even at the start of the season, and it didn't change for me. He just, you know, unfortunately had better running backs on on his own team. So, you know, hey, and shame on me for, you know, bashing uh, the Kansas State kid. I was here a couple weeks ago just destroying Alex Barnes for even being here. So, uh, shame on me, you know. <laughs> hey, we can't get them all right. But, 
Let's talk about the wide receivers because DK Metcalf, uh, it's amazing. You can be terrible in the agility drills, Joe, but as long as you run that fast 40, you're going to create a little bit of a buzz for yourself. There you go. You just jump through the gym, four three three. that's all that matters. He even put 27 bench reps up. So, But those were his three highlights, and, yeah, it was kind of a – language shuttle time i won't call it terrible or nothing but uh yeah it's just, he is what he, he's a high cut real explosive kid and i think that's i'm going to use they are who we thought they were a lot because that's what he was at uh, andy isabella 431 uh, running like that that's kind of what we pictured and paris campbell everybody's going to be talking about him but we pretty much called it on the preview like this event's tailor made for for the kid uh, the the 40 the the, the vert uh, the broad it's all like this is his event even that short shuttle he crushed too um i think the real stock ups here michael miles boykin notre dame i i watched a ton of notre dame games i didn't see that uh, the the three cone at six seven seven is freakish at that size. I think that's what drops my job more than the forty or the bird or the the eleven eight broad. That's stupid good too. But uh, he's one you. I don't even know that you have to go back to the fail. He doesn't have much career production. He's he's rangy and he uses that length well. But it's just that speed totally deceived me. I did not see that. And then um, Hakeem Butler, Iowa State. That that four four eight is going to just going to help his stock. I mean that really. Uh, boost Sam because so many of those big receivers last year got a penalty and a negative check mark for being, you know, oh, you're only 4'6, so you're a high 4'5s guy. But man, 4'4'8, uh, we knew he jumped well, we knew he had that body control, we did not know he had that top end speed. So that uh, boosts his stock. And then our boy, Terry McLaurin, uh, checking boxes all day long. If I was Terry, I'd legally change my name to Terry All Day McLaurin because he's just basically answered the bell every single time. He's taken every opportunity and ran with it. Uh, forget about the Senior Bowl now. I think he can rest on the combine. Four three five, Indy native in Lucas Oil. That was, uh, that's a story that makes my heart tickle. I'll just say that. Uh, and then A.J. Brown, I think his stock's up just because not only he looked good in those drills, but the, the 40 times answered, he is not slow. Uh, he is explosive. I think those four receivers definitely are that help them uh, the most. Uh, particularly Boykin. I just, uh, to me, of all the wideouts, that's the guy that steals the show. And you look at those like spark metrics. He, I think he broke the metric. Like Boykin's just retarded. Yeah, he definitely made himself some money. And you know, just so our listening audience knows, uh, hey, we're unanimous, unanimously on board with Terry McLaren, uh, McLaurin over Paris Campbell. So I, I, you know, I don't know how many other people out there feel that way, but you, you, you exactly right from the, you know, senior bowl to the combine. I'm sure he'll light up his pro day as well, but this guy is hitting the draft season trip play, maybe even go for the grand slam. I don't know. Um, I knew, I do know this, that when you purchase the NFL draft Bible PDF download, you, you might be surprised how our wide receiver rankings shake out. It's very, very uh, against the grain from what I've seen. I don't, I don't check out too many other draft analysts. There's very few that I actually respect, but the ones that I do, I think their wide receiver rankings vary a whole heck of a lot from ours. And uh, I'll just leave that there because that's another show for another day, ladies and gentlemen. So check it out. 
NFL Draft Bible on sale now. Save 10%. NFLDraftScout.com up there in the menu bar. You can go there and pre-order it. Uh, we're crossing the T's, dotting the I's. We'll have it for you shortly, a couple weeks here. Um, Joe, tight ends, you know, we, we they are who we thought they were, and Noah Fant did exactly what we thought he would do. To me, Hawkinson is still the number one tight end, and I, I, I think, you know, if the Patriots are looking for a Gronk replacement, there you go, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, my guy Foster Moreau made himself some money, but uh, who else there in the tight end group? Yeah, I loved what I saw from Foster. Uh, not only we've uh, talked about the interviews, but uh, his tests were well. He did well, and then he just looked good in the drills. So he's definitely a stock up for me. And the Iowa kids, they are what we thought they were. Like, uh, the tennis green just showed up. The, the crown of Crown Hawkinson, Crown fan. Uh, stock up for Caleb Wilson, UCLA, who uh, had kind of a regrettable senior bowl, but he was a late invite. So, I mean, I'm not going to hold it all against him, but those test numbers certainly are real. I, I thought he had some good drill work. And then um, Josh Oliver, San Jose State, like flat out, I just disrespected him. I'll, I'll admit it. And then 4-6-3 in the 40 with a one five six split. Like, that is just moving for a kid that big. Uh, I think just on test results alone, his stock's up. Tight ends, I thought, struggled. Uh, Sweeney from Boston College just didn't look put together exactly. Just kind of uncoordinated, choppy in the drill work, and then Isaac Nada just looked slow. Uh, and also just uh, the, the numbers, the testing numbers were pretty pretty rough. But um, I agree with you, Foster Moreau stock up, Wilson stock up, Oliver, and then two guys, uh, I'm going to have to go back to the woodshed, uh, Holly Waring from San Diego State. I thought he looked awesome in his drills. Uh, I'm, I'm struggling on his test results just now, but just off the hoof, that's a good-looking tight end. And uh, watching him in that gauntlet, he just looked crisp. He held the line really well and uh, flashed some ball skills for a pretty giant guy. And then Dawson Knox, I just still don't know what the heck we've got there. He didn't test, if I remember right, but he did do drills and looked sharp. I mean, I, I, I liked what I saw from Dawson Knox. So he's just kind of an enigma wrapped up in a riddle this tight end class because you don't know 100% what you're getting. You do know you, you've got an athlete on your hands there. But, uh, yeah, Knox and Waring, I think, are going to force the, a few uh, teams to kind of go back to the footage and, and try and find out exactly what they have on their hands. Yeah, you know, the one kid you mentioned there, the San Diego State uh, tight end Waring, I mean, he played one year of high school football. I think he was the goalie for the water polo team. And he played other sports too, but, you know, I just, I remember that tidbit, you know, the playing goal, you know, stud goalie for water polo and the football coach found him a senior year of high school and said, Hey, why don't you come out here and play some tight end? Um, so a very raw player, but a very uh, upside uh, athleticism and talent type of player. So it'll be interesting. I think he's a day three guy, but I think he's a guy, you know, kind of like a, um, you know, let uh, Gavin Escobar. You know, uh, is he going to be developed? Is he going to be coached up? He can go either way. Um, RIC and Joe show here uh, on the NFLDraftScout.com. Joe, let's go to offensive linemen. And boy, these guys were moving and grooving down that turf there at Lucas Oil Stadium. Hey, hey, I smell smoke. They were tearing it up. Burnt tires over there. These guys are are flying, Joe. 
really good times. And, and I think the two stars are Garrett Bradbury and Andre Dillard. But honest to goodness, we kind of expected that coming in. Dillard just, uh, I think on our preview show, you guys go just back one week, I can't wait to see this guy in the mirror drill. Well, as advertised, he was uh, just stellar. And then also interviews, I, I, I put a lot of stock into that, especially offensive linemen, because you have to be self-motivated to play offensive line. And boy, Dillard is. The guy's just got this glossary of film footage on Joe Staley in depth. It just worships like the ground he walks on. And Joe Thomas, I, actually, that's who he's really studying. And I mean, the way he talks about him and how much work he does on the mirror, I think uh, you got your hands on a real pro there. And then Bradbury, he just killed it, man. Uh, that, that You would expect, though, a tight end recruit that played catcher uh, as a baseball prep prospect. And, you know, I'm sure he tested through the roof. The guy that stock up, though, uh, another feather goes in the cap of the RIC here. Chris Lindstrom, the, those test results are real. Uh, been trying to tell him, Joe. Tackle. Been trying to tell him. He's <laughs> been banging the table for the whole year. That Chris Lindstrom is the guy. Uh, man, he's uh, he's not just a top 100. I think he's elevated now. Uh, if it's not top 50. He may be barking at the door there that that first round. Uh, it's that's just real movement skills and he's my top guard now. Uh, that is just uh, he's legit. And then um, the Penn State kid, I really like his test numbers for his size. That that's a great three cone. His ten yard at one seven zero, I think uh, Bates at three hundred six pounds. That's that's pretty impressive. He's also a guy that's. Uh, sticking his foot in the door there, the top hundo. And then I don't know if it's he thought he is what I thought he was, but Caleb McGarry Washington, that is just an impressive look at tackle at 317. That 33-and-a-half vertical leap, is uh, that's pretty nasty. I, I think that's a guy, if you're needing a tackle for a team and you're not looking at him in the second round, you're, you're crazy. Um, stock down is definitely Nate Herbig, Stanford, and Greg Little, Ole Miss. Both these guys just – did not look good in drills, and Herbig particularly just looked sloppy at that 335. Um, end result runs the slowest 40, but um, and then I got to go back to the woodshed on on uh, Cody Ford and figure out what he is. I thought uh, he looked pretty good in drills. I'm not nuts about his tests, but maybe maybe tackle is in the future. Who knows? Um, and then my, my favorite section, who that? Sua Opeto Weaver State. Wow, yeah. that one six six ten yard split, the five oh two forty. Um, he deserves a revisit. He put up thirty nine reps on the bench, uh, another thirty three inch vert at three hundred pounds. I know thirty three inch vert doesn't sound impressive, like I'm just saying it, but when you are not two hundred pounds and three hundred, it's extremely tough. I, I think this guy, uh, he, his draft grade, uh, he's, he's a firm day three now. That Weber State kid, uh, I've got to go back and find some footage on him because uh, he crushed it at the combine. Yeah, and you mentioned Cody Ford, who, you know, reminds me a little bit of uh, Deion Dawkins coming out of back, who is now at the Buffalo Bills. I think, you know, a lot of people assume he's going to be a guard. I think he'll get every opportunity to to start at tackle and, and go from there. So, uh, very comparable player there. All right, RIC and Joe breaking it down here. Offense in the books, 2019 NFL Combine recap. The dust has settled. The chips have fallen. Uh, we are, you know, less than, you know, two months, probably close 
less than 50 days away from the draft. Who's keeping count? I can't keep up. I was at the Maxwell Clubs in Atlantic City, so you think I have my head on straight? Come on now, people. Hey, so <laughs> let's talk about hey, let's talk about the defensive line uh, again. These boys are moving. We talk about it every year. Bigger, stronger, faster. And, man, I, I mean, hey, I'm like the Brooklyn brawler over here patting myself on the back because I think I set the over-under for Gary at 4.58. And, boy, I was spot on, wasn't I, Joe? <laughs> on the nose. On the nose. But uh, that's ridiculous. He's 277 pounds. That is what people need to – I swear, you know, so many people just throw out a number. Yeah, that's fast, but how much does he weigh? How tall is – like, Rashawn Gary doing what he's done is is pretty unfair. And uh, both these cats, uh, Quinnen Williams and Gary, uh, Gary had a 1-6-3 split. Uh, Quinnen Williams had a 1-6-6 split. Now, I'll just take you guys back to Fletcher Cox, who had a 1-6-6 split, and Aaron Donald, who had a 1-6-3 split. These are the type of special players that could be entering the league right now in uh, Quinnen and, and Rashawn Gary. But I'm just going to say it. They are who they thought they were, who we thought they were, right? Because, like, I think, Rick, you've been advertising numbers like this since before the season started for Gary. And Quinn and Williams has just been giving us a peep show every week in the SEC. And I think he just backed it up. The one that really catches my eyes is Sweat. I just did not think he had that uh, type of 4-4 running back speed at 260 pounds. And then I know I'm ad nauseum on this 10 split, but 1-4-5-10 split, that's that's crushing running back numbers. I mean, that's why receiver uh, status. I I don't even understand how he's able to do that. So those three, they steal the show. But my stock ups here, uh, Tristan Hill, Central Florida, look great in drills. Totally explosive. His tests were great. But you already know I love the guy. I mean, I tried to put him in next year's rankings. I entered his name twice just as nice to make sure he was included. But, uh, no, Tristan Hill, I think his combine – he really put his stock up, Brian Burns' stock up, not only is his test, but that uh, yeah. shoelace catch he made in the drills. Um, and then one guy that just really, I oh think, boy. is watching him. I'm like, oh who boy. is this? Max oh Crosby, Eastern Michigan. The shuttle test, the 40, his movements in the drills, I think – I think he is a low-key top 100 player for me. The Eastern Michigan pass rusher, he's hmm. like he was a freak show. Watching him move, it was like a, taking a page from the book of Leighton Vander Esch. There, I mean, like where is this guy from? Uh, he's definitely another one. I think a lot of cats are going to go back and watch some Eastern Michigan footage and just find out who is Max Crosby exactly. Well, you know, we we scratched our heads when he declared, and now we know why. Um, I thought hmm. you were going to go down the Jakai J- J- Polite uh, road, and we won't, you know, dump oh, more trash <laughs> onto the landfill. They me. They didn't like me, man. They didn't like me. Um, <laughs> you know, Joe mentioned next year's rankings. That's one cool thing about the NFL draft Bible that we're putting in there. We got the top 250 seniors, the top 100 underclassmen for next year's draft. So uh, that alone. I mean, there's other uh, draft services that charge agents thousands of dollars for lists like that. You can get it right now for eight ninety nine. So check it out, NFLDraftScout.com. Um, I think that does it for the defensive linemen. So we can talk about linebackers, Joe. Um, you know, a lot to cover here. Where, where would you like to go? Well, the two Devons. 
I think right away um, they, they they posted results that we expected, but Devin White at a, a 4-4 area, and then Devin Bush in, in, in his time, it's just out of this world. I mean, it really is because you, 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 we've seen great times from linebackers in the past, but I believe five of these guys ran 4-5-0 or faster, which is just, I mean, that's, that's beyond ludicrous wow. speed. That's plaid. Wow. We're talking like space balls here. I mean, they took it into the next stratosphere. Um, and just for some perspective, like guys like Dion Jones, uh, who plays for the Falcons right now, my memory serves he ran a 4.59. Last year, Raquan Smith, 4.58. Tremaine Edmonds, 4.54. Quan Alexander, who's one of the fastest linebackers in the league right now, is a 4.59. These are all the combine times. We had five guys run faster than that. Like, that's just stupid. So uh, the, the, this, the, there's definitely three guys, I think, that every team's going to go right back to the footage. Cody Barton, Utah. Uh, Blake Cashman, Minnesota, and Gary Johnson, Texas. Like, Blake Cashman, who is this guy? I, I'd like to say I've watched a lot of Big Ten games, and I don't know who Blake Cashman is. I mean, I think well, I'm hey, on the list. Well, hey, I'll tell you but, what. Him wow. and, and, that guy, and that guy Carter Coughlin, his teammate, that's a guy to keep out, keep a lookout for next year too, man. These guys, you know, hey, not to interrupt you there, but go ahead. and I, Don't stop. Keep going. Oh, no. It was amazing. Just uh, I thought Gary Johnson's numbers, just on his case alone, uh, he's he's a guy that just put his stock up. But uh, no, three guys. Uh, ben Burkirvan, he backed up what you saw on footage. Like you see this little linebacker flying around, just hair on fire. Those test results pretty much validated that. Uh, Justin Hollins, Oregon, was one of those other backers. Uh, four five zero forty yard dash. Uh, he he really backed it up. And then our boy Porter Gustin Drago from the Rocky movies. Y'all will remember him. <laughs> he is uh, he's just as advertised. Like he's just that tall surfer kid. But the the test numbers are there. And then two guys. I hate to do it. I hate to do it. But Terrell Hanks, New Mexico State, a four nine eight forty just ain't gonna play. I can't believe he ran that slow. I mean, pour one out for your boy because it's it's a wrap. Like you can't wow. play in the NFL at four nine eight. Like wow. this isn't like Darius Leonard running a four seven whatever he ran at the combine. Like four nine eight is a D tackle time. I I thanks is lucky to get drafted. I mean, unless people know something went horribly wrong in the tests, uh, it's over. And then my boy, uh, and you guys were right, we're having the, the big board meeting, and I'm like, what about my guy, Joe Jobs Harris? And Justin looked at me and said, <laughs> nope, nope, we're not doing it. And then he went out and on, uh, what was it, Saturday or Sunday, and just, ugh, it's definitely over for uh, JGH. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, just um, a couple things there, you know, for the record, it was, if you take the combine averages throughout the history of, you know, the modern day uh, combine data, it was the fastest average time of the defensive line group and also the linebacker group. So uh, just to put that in perspective and, and follow up on, on what Joe said there, Gary Johnson from Texas, he's actually a JUCO transfer. Um, so I think he kind of flew under the radar a little bit, but just a tremendous athlete there. Joe, uh, we're, we're getting slim on time here, so we're going to have to lump the safeties and the corners together. Um, you know, I know Savage from Maryland uh, is the one guy, you know, 
I'm over here and I, you know, I had a chance to watch him train in New Jersey and, you know, he was a uh, sub four, three, two or lower on every 40 yard dash. I had him. He's coming in four, three, seven, four, three, nine. I'm sitting there a little bit disappointed. You say, Hey, that's not too shabby. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, but four, four, three, anything mid four threes. Uh, you, you just a blessed individual like the, the kids like to say, so his stock is big time up. Um, our guy Juan Thornhill, that that forty four inch vertical, uh, I I didn't know he had that. I'm I'm in this guy's corner, telling people, oh, he could play DBs and nickel on safety corner. It doesn't matter. But uh, now, I think plenty of people will be waving the uh, Juan Thornhill flag at a four four two forty. I think clear stock up for me is David Long, Michigan. Everything he did, I loved. I mean, just um, the the combine was his oyster. Uh, his solid forty four four five, uh, thirty nine and a half. His I think he had the best three cone in all Indianapolis, regardless of position. A uh, three nine seven is that right? Hmm. That can't wow. be right. No, it's a six six four five was his three cone. Excuse me, but his uh, his short shuttle was also very good at three nine seven. Uh, the, and then the drills. The footwork, I mean, this kid looks smooth. Um, I'm not nuts about his size, like he's a little short, but the feet he has, the body control. I thought David Long, um, uh, I, I feel bad for the other David Long who plays linebacker for West Virginia because uh, everyone's talking about the Michigan corner after Indy's over. Um, at Valentine from Washburn, I think uh, he had a good combine. And then uh, Will Harris, Boston College. Already loved the guy, but now he's running a four four one at two hundred seven pounds with a six nine one three cone. Uh, the athleticism's there. I know he hits like a ton of bricks. Um, Will Harris, that that arrow uh, going up for sure. And Sean Bunting, Central Michigan, uh, that kid could just flat out run. So uh, those are stock up from stock down. Blaze Brown, Troy. That's just a, a brutal time. Um, I don't want to say you just can't play in the league at that, but four seven five at your size—that's that's brutal. Hamp Cheevers, I don't know what Hamp Cheevers is doing. Declare, I mean, he did get seven ints, I think, or didn't he lead the nation? But whatever. Yeah. Maybe that's not the reason to just jump into a professional league of men. Uh, the the test results may just sink him, and then I stocked down naturally for Sheffield because that torn pack in the bench, and then lots of guys. I've got to go back to the woodshed, man. The Jamel Dean Auburn. I know he's got the injury history, but holy cow, can he just motor all over the field? The drills I thought were even more impressive than his uh, his ludicrous forty. Uh, you know, and, and what's impressive on top of that, on top of that, mm-hmm. Joe, I heard he had like a screw inserted in his foot or something this year as well. On top of the three season ending, I think he had a, a screw inserted in his foot or something. So, I mean, that's going to be like the ultimate risk reward selection right there. But I just wanted to chime in and add those two mm-hmm. cents. I can't even believe that with the that tells you how much he wants it. He's come back from those injuries. He's got metal in his, in his legs. He's just out there trying his best to get a job. So I, that's uh, definitely an interesting case, the Auburn corner. And then uh, Ken Webster uh, just crushed those spark metrics. Guys are in a 4.43, 43-inch vert, 11.8 broad. Uh, I'm just going to be honest. I did not watch nearly enough of him or his teammate, Zedrick Woods. So I think uh, – a little bit, unfortunately, i got to watch some more Ole Miss ball and, and forget about their offense. I've seen plenty of them. It's I didn't even know they had defenders for the runner, for those Rebs. But uh, Woods, 
Webster, uh, they they made their presence known in Indy. Well, hey, talk about packing it in, packing it up, House of Pain style, cramming it all in a consolidated show. I mean, uh, you know, what more do you want? Uh, I appreciate, you know, everything that Joe had to say, enlighten me. You know, we didn't even get a chance to even discuss in depth and thoroughly like we did today with a fine comb. No wonder why I'm on the beach, man. We're we're, we're just combing it out, man. We're just searching every nook and cranny and just, you know, trying to find all the names you need to know and bring them to you first here at the NFL Draft Bible. Again, that 2019 NFL Draft Bible is probably a couple weeks away from being released. And uh, if you like the podcast and you like what we do, you're going to love Love, love, love the publication. It's the first one we've done since 2010, almost a decade in the making, and it's going to be the best one we've ever done. No doubt about it. Parting shot for the people, Joe. Uh, Just like we're talking about, this is a special defensive lineman and and linebacker class. I know people don't like to watch tests and and running and 40s and all that, but, like, just just go back to the to the history of, of how long we've been doing this. Like uh, these linebackers, this there's a few uh, rare breeds, and these pass rushers. It's I don't think we're going to see the same kind of uh, show next year uh, when it rolls around in 2020 uh, for the combine. It's uh, going to be much more offensive weighted as opposed to defensive. I think uh, this is finally one of those years where the uh, the defenders going to be able to do some crowing. Well, I, you know, with that being said, before we wrap it up here, I got an over-under for you. We're seven weeks out from the draft. I'm going to give you the over-under defensive lineman taken in the first round of the 2019 NFL draft. Seven weeks out now. I'm going to set it, up, I'm going to set it at 11 and a half defensive lineman in the first round. Joe, are you taking the over or the under? No, a designation is going to be key on that now. <laughs> if, if Gary's a DL, i got to get Gary at DL. He can't be edge. Uh, sweat can't be edge. He's got to be down. But, no, I'll go over. I, I feel mm. real good about that. I mean, that's just the, the abundance of talent. And then a few cats that I think people are just not talking about that are going to find their way in the first. Like, Cleveland Farrell doesn't have a lot of buzz. But that, that guy's he's going – um, there's going to be some DLs at the end, and who knows about Dexter, uh, Jeffy Simmons. There's a lot of wild cards that find their way in there, too. Yeah, and let's not forget Ed Oliver. So, you know, that's another man. Uh, oh, wait, he's a football linebacker, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, listen, wherever he winds up, he's still number three overall prospect in the draft for me behind Bosa and Quinnen. But I, I could definitely see 18 to 20 defensive players here in the first round of the draft. And, you know, one last note, you know, we're hearing from Peter King uh, as soon as next year, at least one of these days or one of these uh, combine testing, I, I'm assuming the quarterback throwing session is now going to be on prime time. And we're hearing, you know, could the could the combine move away from Indianapolis? There's a lot of rumblings. Could it become a, you know, pro football talk is saying it could become a traveling sideshow, or they could do the medicals in Indy and the and the testing in L.A. So uh, we're in an interesting era when it comes to the NFL combine and what the future holds. But for the time being, hey, we're going to tackle the pro day circuit. I know I'm going next week. I'm hitting. Uh, 
I think Rutgers, Temple, and Princeton. Shout out to John Lovett, who was at the Maxwell Club, the quarterback there from the Princeton Tigers. They got the tight end Carlson, the wide receiver Horstead. Hey, no offense, Rutgers, you know I love you, but Princeton might be the more attended uh, pro day next week than uh, Rutgers will with the with the scouts. And, of course, Temple, you know, there's still guys there. Michael Dogby, a combine snub. Uh, Matt Rules, um, you know, class still coming out. And, and we all know how the NFL respects those Matt Rule players. So, uh, hey, it just can't stop. It won't stop. We didn't even mention the free agent frenzy, the pro day season. It's a good time to be alive. And we appreciate everybody for tuning in. So, for Joe Everett, never leaving a stone unturned, banging him and bopping him over the head, man. How many nuggets did that man drop on today's episode? Love that guy. And then, of course, you know me, RIC and a place to be, Rick Saratella, town like it is since 2000. So it's what we do, baby. Listen, we appreciate all the love and support. Go to NFLDraftScout.com. Pre-order that draft guide. Save your 10%. Save yourself a little cash and get educated while you do it. Till the next time, everybody. <laughs>